Welcome to the Multiply Network Podcast, a podcast created to champion church multiplication, provide learning, and inspire new disciple-making communities across Canada. Hi there, welcome to the Multiply Network Podcast. My name is Paul Fraser, and I hope you are having a fantastic day. If you're not, I can tell you this podcast is going to brighten your day because I had the opportunity to sit down with three Vanguard College students who all live in Edmonton or attending the school there and had a chance to talk with them about the church, the future of the church, and uh, some of the things they're excited about, maybe some of the things they'd like to see changed. It was a very good conversation, and I was so encouraged because a lot of the things they were saying, I was feeling too. I was just so so surprised even uh, the wisdom and the insight that they all have. They're all Gen Z leaders, so they're all under 20, and they've got a lot of great thoughts to say. I hope you have your notebook out because you're going to want to take some notes, and the interview's coming up right now. Super excited to have uh, this great crew of leaders from Vanguard College, the first year retreat. And uh, you guys are here and going to hear from your stories here a little bit. Super happy to have Addison and Bethany and Ewan. Welcome to the Multiply Network podcast. Ah, Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. So we're going to start with you, Addison. Why don't you tell us how you got here? What what led you to Vanguard College? Wow. It's, It's a crazy story. So... I was born in Brampton, Ontario, uh, all the way out east, and and uh, all grade twelve. Uh, I was just asking God, "What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do?" And and He just kept it telling me, like, "Addison, you're you're gonna go to Winnipeg." I'm like, what's in Winnipeg? Yeah, I, I don't. The Jets. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. Jets. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, and I was like. I don't, I don't really want to go to Winnipeg, God. <laughs> I just want to kind of stay at home, work here. And, and God's like, no, you're going to Winnipeg. So uh, while I was working up at the camp out at Winnipeg, uh, uh, God still had it on my heart. You're staying in Winnipeg this year. I'm like, why? <laughs> and uh, so uh, in the last week of the summer, God provides me with a car, a job, and a place to stay uh, in, out in Winnipeg. And uh, so my parents supported me throughout that. It was amazing. And uh, it's just like God provided through through that for me. And uh, yeah. And so then I uh, worked at a church for that year. And and God worked on my heart throughout that. And he he and then next year, I'm like, OK, for, for next year, I'm like, God, where do you want me to go now? <laughs> He's like, all right, you're you're ready for Bible college. So. He called me to Vanguard by uh, I was driving one day around in Winnipeg, praying, asking God, and and I recently just visited Vanguard okay. and came back and and uh, I was like, God, where do you want me to go for Bible college? Uh, I I stopped at a red light, a black van pulls up right beside me, and in no relation whatsoever, like on the side of it, it says Vanguard on the side <laughs> of a black van. So and and just through Scripture, God revealed it to me. Like you're going Come to on. And how old are you? I'm uh, 18. Wow. Great. Following the courageous call of God. <laughs> Somebody. Bethany. Hello. 
How, how are you? End, how are you ending up at Vanguard College? Uh, well, I am originally from Barrie, Ontario. I grew up there all my life, and my dad's a pastor, so I've been in the church, been to church circles all of my life. Um, and um, <clears throat> my brother is five years older than me, and came to Vanguard, and kind of just stayed in Edmonton. So yeah. there was already a bit of a plug for Vanguard there, and. Uh, just all through high school, I was so interested in academics, and I excelled there, and so many different areas that I could have gone to. There were just so many doors that I could have picked uh, through academics, and God just put it on my heart through leading worship in a small small town church in a cornfield that um, <laughs> that's what I was passionate about, is that I wanted, I wanted to reach people by inviting them into knowing who God was, or is, I yeah. guess, and uh yeah, and just through prayer, I, I kind of ran for a while. I had I had too many conflicting opinions in my life where uh, family was saying one thing about going to school and then friends and other people in my life were saying that it wasn't necessary. And I just, I was in limbo for a bit because I wanted to make my own decision about where I was going to go. And God just softened the situation around me and kind of held me really close in a in a pretty rough season. And then there was just this huge release and I applied to Vanguard and got accepted pretty early. And then, Great. yeah, here I am. And, I'm and how old are you? I'm 19. 19. Yeah. Wow. Ewan, why don't you, why don't you finish off the, the intros? Paul, this is so, this is so cool. I'm like, I'm hearing testimonies from my peers. I've never heard before. Like this is, this is so yeah. cool. Um, so I'm Ewan, um, Pinch Creek, Alberta. Um, it's funny, me and Paul are from the same place. Yeah, it's <laughs> it true. Is cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's such a cool Just story. Just separate decades. Yeah, I know. Separate decades. Decades. Such, a, <laughs> such a cool, such a cool story. Uh, that's for that's for a different podcast. Um, <laughs> but so I'm I'm from Pincher Creek. Um, grew up Christian. Pretty pretty generic kind of a theme there. Um, grew up in a Baptist church. Then uh, we kind of went from the Baptist church. We went to uh, a Pentecostal church at Abundant Springs. Uh, we've been there for a long time. And it's been so cool because I've been growing, growing, growing. Um, then it jump off the deep end. Growing, 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 jump off the deep end. You know, kind of that repetitive cycle until grade 11. I stopped for a bit and I started to think, maybe, maybe there's more to this. Maybe there's more to this Christian stuff than just playing around with Christianese. Um, and then I got baptized. A few weeks later, I... Uh, met this girl at a, at a trip my school was going with and um, nothing really happened on that trip. I um, wasn't interested in this girl at all. I just knew though that God had a plan in her life. So I started to talk with her um, and we became friends and then she started coming to church with me and that, that uh, fall she gave her life to Jesus in an alpha mm. session. And then after that, I remember my pastor, he looked at me one night during one of the Alpha sessions and he said to me, he was like, you and um, I want to let you know that um, uh, this, this girl, she, uh, she gave her life to Jesus. I got out of my chair and I jumped for joy. <laughs> it was the most amazing thing. And after that, I ran Alpha at my house. Um, we saw five kids get saved. We saw three kids get healed. It was absolutely phenomenal. I've never seen anything like it in my entire life. Um, and... I was like, geez, what's the next step? I'm here now. I've done Alpha. Alpha's over. We've been discipling these kids. Like, what do I do now? Do you want me to stay at Creek? Do you want me to go to Vanguard? And I was like, do you, I've been deciding between a few schools. And I said, what do you want me to do? Um, he's like, I want to like, put you to Vanguard. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, and I was like, if you want me to go pay my tuition. 
and that's a sub- touchy subject. I know both uh, me and you know that you know money's kind of touchy. Um, but I asked him, I was like, you want me to go to Vanguard, pay my tuition, Jesus. By the end of the year, by the graduation, I had $8,000 people. Um, then summer came and I got the receipt from Vanguard for what I need to pay the bill. $7,950. Wow. Um, now I'm at Vanguard. Um, Come on. you know, yeah. there's lots of other stories. Like first day of classes was a crazy time, but that's for another podcast. You know? <laughs> how old are you? Uh, I'm 18. Uh, 18. So still got, you know, this is just just finishing high school, um, you know, taking a big risk, all of you moving away from your families to, mm-hmm. to follow the courageous call of God and just want to, first of all, applaud you for that, mm-hmm. that you would, uh, that you'd be willing to go. Um, you've all been raised in church world mm-hmm. and yeah, you, you see uh, the, the great things. What are you encouraged by? Maybe Bethany, we'll start with you. What are you encouraged by? Uh, of what you're seeing or what you've experienced in in church world? Uh, To say that I come from a small church means like 200 people on our busiest day. So I, yeah, and I was there for probably 11 or 12 years. And the most encouraging thing about it is how much of a family atmosphere that we were able to to foster there. And anybody that walked through those doors, you know at least three people are going to acknowledge them and mm-hmm. ask them, like, what they're doing with their life and how, how they came to come to our church. And that was one thing is they also, um, they brought me up personally under their wing and gave me room to grow and to to be free to explore God's calling on my life in a safe split, like in a safe uh, place. And uh, that's really encouraging for me in the church is churches like that and mindsets like that. Cause I know you can even have that in a big church and I've experienced that as well, but yeah, that's the most encouraging thing is family. You just, yeah. Feeling the family. Yeah. You and how about you? What, what are you encouraged by as you, you know, again, growing up in church world, been at a couple different churches. What are you encouraged by? Paul. Man, like there's like there's been some amazing leaps and bounds. You know, when I was a kid, I was kind of in that 2000s lull. Um, there was a bit of um, an action there for a little bit. But coming up on this last little while, um, last little bit I was in church, it's been crazy. I've been seeing churches in my area just want to follow Jesus. Yeah, last little bit, it's been, you know, there's still a little bit of confusion sometimes. Um, my town's very small. My church is about we've grown from about 20 to about 40. So we're, we're yeah. growing. Yeah. Uh, it's a very, very small church. Um, but in my church specifically, I have seen that my pastor and my congregation wants to go out and be active in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been, it went from not active at all to being active. Wow. Um, and though there's still some um, knots in it, the want is there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I've seen change is the active church um, movement in my town. And in the so, community. Mm-hmm. Great, great. Uh, so mm-hmm. what are you excited about church? Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, yeah, like growing up uh, all my life in, in Brampton, uh, I went to uh, an Alliance Church. And it's just the, the community definitely, like, it was amazing. Just uh, like kind of like Bethany said, like, there will be three people greeting you before you know it, before you <laughs> maybe even walk into the church, which is amazing. Like the love that uh, I see uh, out of all, like I've gone to many churches in my life and we've uh, moved around quite a bit. So uh, the love that I uh, saw was so evident in those churches I've been to and just 
yeah, like Bethany was saying, family. And uh, and I'm finding more and more churches are are pouring into outreach, as as Ewan was saying. Like, I, I'm finding that they're they're actually like laying aside what so like everything that they need to do in the church, in the church, in the church, and they're actually going out of the church and sometimes and just like. And just like even going door to door, I heard a, a church say that they go to door to door and just like invite people out to church. And that that you don't mind that you think that's cool, like that you think that's great that they're that they're out there in the community banging on the oh, doors and like yeah, like uh, and and outreach things like like on Halloween or per se, like yeah. they have maybe this, or Christmas or, or Easter, Christmas, yeah, uh, they have like this like invite people out for like a gym night or and with some hot chocolate or mm-hmm. or anything that they can do to serve yeah. their community oh, yeah. and just like love on them fully just like pour out love on them so what i'm hearing is you know uh, uh community engagement and mm-hmm. and community within the church mm-hmm. that family yeah. feel that's when mm-hmm. you feel we're at our best mm-hmm. you know what do you think the church in canada what are our growth areas like our growth areas where does where does the church need to be growing more in? So you and Walt, we'll start with you. Like, where are some of those edges that we need to be pushing on and, and uh, making a priority for growth? I've noticed something. I think I think everybody kind of here has noticed something, too. The last little while, it's been some relying on the, what can we, can we put on a movie night to bring people in? Can we, can we rely on, I guess you could say, let's put on a coffee bar at a church. We'll bring, and that stuff's amazing. Um, but sometimes I've been noticing um, there's been a lack of uh, what the Bible said, lift up Jesus's name and they will come. Mm-hmm. Um, like in some churches I've been in, it's been like, you know, we're, we're doing all this amazing stuff and it's so good. People are coming in. Um, they're actually coming like their friends, like such an opportunity to bring their friends in because we live in a world of skeptics now. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of nice when, you know, someone's like, yeah, I'll give you some free coffee. We'll have some, you know, baked goods and stuff. We'll talk. Um, but then there's a little bit of neglect even to um, a fear almost to share that gospel, that good news straight up. Mm-hmm. Um and that's kind of been throughout a lot of, of church. I, I haven't been across Canada. I know Addison's been to Winnipeg and stuff, and yeah. but I've just been in um, Alberta my whole life. But that's what I've noticed in some of the churches I've been to. And Pincher, uh, not so much, but like coming up to Edmonton, you know, so. Yeah, and, and you're visiting other churches. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Just that idea of getting back to preaching the gospel yeah. Yeah. and just clearly presenting it uh, for those that are there. And... Um, no, that's really that's really interesting. It's a great thought. Addison, what about you? Like, what are some areas that you think we need to grow in as as a church in Canada? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, just that the power of prayer. I think I think just like uh, even as like it, like denominational like differences, just come together and pray. Yeah. Like I think I think prayer is just so so powerful for praying for a nation praying for the government praying for the world even like and and yeah de- even like denominational stuff like just remove that for a second just come together and pray in jesus yeah, name. find the common things that were yeah 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 pray for like revival across canada pray for like people come to come to know jesus across canada like i think prayer is just so essential for connecting the body and connecting to God. 
Do you so. think your friends have that same value of prayer? Like Bethany, do you think like, obviously we're all nodding our heads and saying prayer is important yeah. and we want to grow in certain areas, but do you think your age group is interested in praying? Maybe. Cause we think it's only for our grandparents. Yeah. Oh, only our grandparents like praying. Yeah. They, they were the prayer warriors or, yeah. or our moms and dads, they were the prayer warriors. But do you think there's something amongst your age group that's really excited about prayer? Uh, I'd say there is actually a disconnect there. Okay. Like I, what I've noticed is so many people are so so eager to have things happen in the church and so eager to have people know Christ. But like the Bible calls us to be salt and light in the world. And if we're not if we're not joining together and um, and working together and praying together, like what Asin's saying, and just it, even ignoring the boundary lines that the church has put in place to even in just like division in the church, right? Like if we don't ignore those and come together as a community, that's, there's just a huge disconnect in the body of Christ. Like how are we supposed to help others get grafted into that? Mm-hmm. And I think there is a disconnect because people aren't recognizing that, that prayer and seeking God is actually what brings about change is what, it, what it's what it like empowers us. Right. And uh, it is by the spirit that we do these things, right? Like it's not by our own hands or by our own might. Yeah. It's all the spirit and it's all, it's all about him. It's all because of him. It's all for him. Like why would, why would we skip out on that? And I see a lot of people, unfortunately, missing out on the power of prayer. Yeah. It's yeah. so fascinating that you're saying that. Cause again, that's something that I think, will actually bridge our generational differences. Mm. So we've got the boomers, the elders, the Gen X, Gen Z, Gen Y, the millennials. Um, What we all have in common is we can all pray together. You know, we don't all like the same music. We don't all like the same preaching. We don't like all the same clothes and style and everything. But here's what we can all agree on. Can we not just come back to prayer? Mm. And um, I think it's, I, I always found it energizing to pray with people of all different age wow. groups. Yeah. Just yeah. to hear their heart. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I can I just quick yeah, share no, a quick ahead. story? So uh I was, I was helping out at uh Shepherd's Care. Uh so it which is like uh uh, uh elderly home. Yes, and, yes, seniors living. Yeah, and it's yeah. right and for those who don't know, it's right next to Vanguard yeah, College. It's like attached. You, it's yeah. attached, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and I like God told me to like pray with the people after I, I talked to them. And it was one of the most moving things ever. Like just praying with a person who has lived a life and served faithfully to Jesus mm-hmm. and, and just uniting with that person and prayer. It was so beautiful. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> there was such a level of just like intimacy intimacy with God in that moment it's just it's just awesome yeah that's yeah. great it's something we need to build in uh you know build into our churches mm. what why don't you you know give me some thoughts about what kind of leader you think you need to be uh to reach Canada mm. so I'll just open it up to whoever's got a thought yeah. first but yeah okay go ahead Bethany yeah um my biggest thing lately is um I work at Starbucks and they're uh huge corporation and it's it can be really difficult to live as a christian in a in a company like that mm-hmm. and my biggest thing is i i kind of focused in on the the passage in the bible where jesus is talking about if they have ears to hear let them hear it mm-hmm. so i like to live my life in a way that is just loving on people where they're at 
not necessarily agreeing or disagreeing with them, but just loving them so radically that they can't help but be drawn to what drives that in me. And then I just like, I, yeah, I just share Jesus with them and I share Holy Spirit's power and how that changed my life. And I let God do all the work there. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that I don't live strongly in my convictions or that I don't live and stand up for the truth that I believe in and that's rooted in the Bible. But it's just to say that I, I build relationship first. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's really going to move this nation because it's this nation so political and also stripped of identity. And there's so many people that are just missing out on who God says they are. And they're searching for identity in things like sexuality Mm -hmm. or things like image or even social media can be one of the biggest hindrances to who we can, who we are. Mm -hmm. And when we're, yeah, like even in such a like a digital age to not have face to face interactions with each other where we can grow together and be vulnerable and love on each other like there's these huge disconnects and that's where I also see like the rise of mental health issues Mm -hmm. like we're dealing with anxiety and depression and mental health of like all different kinds for like in the degree well they've never been higher the rates have never been never and like to say that I'm living in that right now is terrifying so I want to be a leader personally that is loving on people so much that they can't see anything but God. Mm, that's great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, you and go ahead. Sure. Okay, I'll just add that. Bethany's there. Holy smokes. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, I can back and preach. <laughs> Holy smokes. Um, it's like the whole world, not just Christian society, the whole world too, is holding up their identity on their back. Whether it's, um, whether it's their, their sexuality, whether it's anything that depression, anxiety, they label themselves as, the, as these things. Even Christians do. They label themselves as depressed or anxious. Though they may struggle with it, they label themselves as I'm depressed or I'm anxious or I'm stressed, not I'm a child of God. Right. Um, but people who label themselves as these things hold up the world on their back like, like the Atlas statue. They hold it up on their back and they take the yoke um, themselves. Uh, singular yoke, when we're supposed to take the yoke with Jesus, and the yoke of Jesus has two yokes. There's for two ox to pull side by side, not just one pulling by itself. Um, We're supposed to lift up that mantle together with Jesus, and we can do it easily with Jesus. Um, But what I think, and I'm just kind of going on a tangent there, holy smokes, Um, but um, what I think of a leader, what I think when I see a leader, and I think everybody can agree with this, is a leader that is... um, wants to bring the church into a place of action. Mm-hmm. Um, it's time for the age of an inaction to end. And this is going to be the generation. This is going to be it. Um, of all generations in this time, in this season, is this time where God wants to bring in a new light into Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to use people, young, old, um, in between, anywhere, Um through PAOC, through other denominations, right? Um, I through totally the, agree. Yeah, through mm-hmm. the denomination of Jesus, through all the churches, mm-hmm. he's going to bring in um, an end to inaction because it's been too long. Mm-hmm. You know, past you know nineties, two thousands, there's been a lot of inaction, mm-hmm. um, and we're just kind of waking up now, and everybody's a little bit confused. Everybody's a little confused, like what do we do? What do we do? Mm-hmm. But now it's coming to the time of, it's time for action. So you're looking for leaders who will. Um, uh, lead in a way that's action oriented and yeah. you want to be a leader. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to, and I'm trying to train myself and have Jesus train me through this and not just action in terms of bringing people to church action in terms of congregational stuff. Mm. You know, you don't, you don't want a pastor who's solely focused on outreach and you don't want a pastor that's solely focused on the congregation. You need both. Yeah. The pastor needs to be there. The Bible says to equip the saints for the better works of God. Yeah. Um, and also so that those saints can go out, those saints can go out so yeah. they can be equipped. It's not the pastor's job to preach and bring people in though he does preach it's the saint's job to go out it's not yeah. the pastor's job it's the saint's job to yeah go so, out. so yeah it's yeah, yeah, yeah. we've got it in consumerism yeah. is uh has really hurt our church like consumerism mm-hmm. in the world it's hurt the church it we've we've often we come to see what we can get mm-hmm. and not what we can give and, and i think that i think there needs to be more more action but not just busyness mm-hmm. no. yeah it has to be it has to be intentional missional activity for the purpose of reaching people far from god yeah, yeah. great addison uh yeah uh wow beautiful point there you and like just amazing uh yeah i i think a call to action would be like it's it's, it's so good so good somebody oh <laughs> uh i think yeah the the leader that i'd want to be in like it's just a person that that serves, uh, serves their community and 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 yeah, just ser- serving full out, just like uh, serving like like Jesus served, like mm-hmm. he, he washed his disciples' feet, he he ah oh, he served other people by like healing them, he he served them, he put them first, he served their he served enemies, of, he, yeah, where people yeah. were against them, yeah. Right? Yeah, we like serving people that are for us, mm. right? But what about the people that are maybe hostile towards mm. us? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. serving is a huge part of that. Yeah, and just like serving, like, like in, in school, serving in in all different areas, wherever you are, whatever your career is, serve other people. Yeah, like whatever you're doing, <laughs> whatever you're doing, just serve other people because that just shows. That the evidence that that Jesus lives inside you. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Mm-hmm. So just just serving uh, that serving piece that uh, that's that makes a strong leader. Yeah, good. Okay, so you guys all get a magic wand. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you can wave <laughs> it over. You can wave it over uh, the church, and poof, this will happen. <laughs> What do you think the future is? What do we need to do as a group? So you're saying some good things, you know, serving and and loving people where they're at and all those are important. But just paint me a picture of a church that is effective in Canada. Paint me a picture of that. What what is what's that look like? Man, that's kind of like a a tough question. You gotta bring in the deep stuff out now. Holy smokes. <laughs> Um, what do you think, Ewan? What, what could you do? Just give me one thing. You're not trying. You don't have to solve it all. Just give me one thing, one characteristic that you would like to see us as a as a movement uh, go towards. I want to see congregation members, not pastors. I want to see congregation members preaching the gospel out of their houses, in their schools, where they are. Like I want to see pop ups everywhere. Um, just everywhere. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to go through the paperwork. You don't have to go through the stuff. I just want pastors to um, show people in the congregation, 
It's time to be equipped. Equip the person, send them out. Get a house church going on a Friday night. Mm. You know, it pop up church. It doesn't it go out to a different city. I don't I don't know what it is. In a hotel, bring yeah. people, hey guys, look, we're talking about Jesus tonight. Yeah. You know, that's what I want to see. I want to see the congregation rise up in this Pentecostal assemblies all yeah. over the country. Right. That would be cool. Matt. Very cool. Yeah, Bethany, what do you think? Yeah, I uh <clears throat> I've come to notice that church for a lot of people that you see not living um righteously from Monday to Saturday, it's church is self-help. It's just another resource for people to kind of clean the slate for the week and keep on going. And what I want to see is people who come to church to be equipped and to be empowered to pursue a real relationship with God that then sends them in their gifts because God makes us all unique Mm. and he gives us all gifts and talents and abilities Mm. and I want to see people empowered in those places and put in ministry positions where they're so well suited, mm-hmm. whether that's in their corporate secular job, like there, that's still, that is so important. Yeah. Right. I want to see people rising up and just like living in a way that pursues the relationship with God that, yeah, that just, that puts a fire in them to reach other people because mm-hmm. they like, I can't live without Jesus, and I know that I am empty without him. And I want other people to live in that desperation as well. That's great. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, wow. Just, like, just going off what you were saying, like, just, yeah, I made Papa, like, Jesus, like, tell people about Jesus. <laughs> uh, and and just equipping equipping the saints, like, to, if they feel led, to start a church yeah. in their homes. Like, you look at Acts, that's where the movement was going is going up in like it's church churches starting in homes and like and the body of christ is it's not a building it's the people so yeah. Uh, yeah we just need to build that up powerfully and 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 invite people out and uh yeah so it's interesting that you guys are bringing up this idea of, of a pop-up church or starting church or living missionally um that's that's a neat that's kind of a new model of church planning because the traditional model is you know you know rent a space and and do that but do you feel like you know just you know just as we're winding down this podcast where do you see church planting fitting in the future of the church and does it look do you think it's going to look the same you know 20 years from now Mm-hmm. So uh, I know that's a big question, but you guys are young and got lots of great ideas and, and you don't have to be right, but I'm just curious, what are you thinking about? Uh, you know, maybe Addison will start with you. Like, what are you thinking about? Wow. Like, where does church planting fit in this? Hmm. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think, I think I see like, I, I, in the future, just like, um, Churches popping out of homes more, and I just want to. I want to see that, and and I think I think people are leaning towards more like, uh, oh, like church planting. That's for other people. Church planting. That's not me. That's yeah. Why do you exp- expand that. Why house churches and not more whatever? Uh, because I think like I think a lot of. A lot of people are leaning to more towards like the the huge church and uh, the mega church and like oh like like Hillsong is expanding and no not bashing on them at all but like yeah. I think I think we 
need to see more like house churches too and and an equal amount of big churches and little churches growing together and right and like uh it's like i said it's it's a body of christ uh growing at, together and just so not just, just one model you see yeah, multiple models yeah exactly Great. so yeah. yeah yeah good bethany what do you think uh, yeah, when it comes to church planting, I definitely think it's going to be different, and especially in 20 years. And um, kind of taking the whole perspective of, like, I heard somebody speaking the other day about how the church is going to come into a season of persecution like we've never been persecuted mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. and how, like, church buildings, like, might be might lose, like, a tax-exempt status and things like that. And what mm-hmm. I want to see is more of a focus on the church and, like, rather than a church. Mm-hmm. Right, oh, okay. like yeah. sewing into the body of Christ and who we get to be as the church, so that buildings don't necessarily carry all of the foundation for what a church is. And if, and if buildings do lose a tax exempt status and things like that, that it's not, we're not the church isn't rooted in that building yeah. and that assembly, but they're rooted in what God is doing and where God is moving. And yeah, I I do believe that having buildings to me is is super important. But I also think that we can maybe maybe if i'm dreaming just to shift a bit more from sunday traditional services because even the world has a bitter taste for that in their mouth already mm-hmm. and shifting it to what is the church looking like and what are we doing to to sow into the kingdom uh personally and in our community and in our jobs and schools and families even yeah. uh, that's what i want to see the revival happen that's and, great yeah. yeah good you have much close us out oh man we make church something quite interesting i think yeah. sometimes it doesn't cost anything to preach the gospel we make it cost stuff make it we make it cost money we make it cost time and resources um we have massive churches it's like um some people might know about the classroom issue that goes around uh whole canada big classroom sizes it you know you can't get the professor around to talk to every student you got 40 50 60 70 up to 300 kids in a class and the professor you mean at like university yeah, like, in, like, a, in yeah. like a university or even a high school um they have this problem same thing with churches sometimes not every church some churches have a pretty down with discipleship but some churches have grown so much that the one-on-one is not there anymore the most successful class sizes, one of the most successful schools um, for class sizes is Ambrose University in Calgary. They have around um, 14 to 20 kids per class. And they have such a high success rate in that school because they have so little, um, so little, uh, I guess you could say, um, students in a class and so many teachers. It's one one teacher for every 17 students in the school. Where in big universities, sometimes it's one professor for every two to 300 kids. It's crazy. Same thing in our churches. We need house churches. We need small churches. We need community. Even in big churches, if we can get just discipleship going, one-on-one mentoring, assistant small pastors, people that are willing to equip on a smaller scale, it would be so amazing. Um, if, and if that it, is the biggest challenge for yeah, bigger churches, yeah. is trying to get small because I think that's what many, you know, are realizing. You're identifying something that's that's that is a tension point. Mm-hmm. Is how do you get how do you gather people in big settings, but then get them into small groups, get them into yeah. community, yeah. and uh, it's difficult. There's yeah. no doubt about it. But that's something you see you and in the future, getting smaller, 
getting deeper connection. And yeah. maybe it's house yeah. church, maybe it's smaller church, missional communities, those type of things. Small groups even. Yeah. Rick Warren has amazing, amazing curriculum. I went to his Purpose Driven Church Conference in uh, California this past uh, June or July, and it was crazy. They have one of the biggest churches in, I don't even know. How well, in like, the States for yeah, sure, yeah. in the States, yeah. and it's... Um, their biggest emphasis is small groups wow. to keep people connected. Wow. And yeah. you, they have this thing. It's like you belong before you believe. Yeah. Like they don't expect to people to, to take the gospel and then they can come to church. It's here's your resources for us to show you Jesus. And then like, we'll, we'll make you belong here. We'll, we'll plug you in. We'll get to know you. We'll get to, like, we'll yeah. love on you and lead you to Jesus that way. Yeah. Through community. Yeah. 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 Well, I want to thank you. Uh, all three of you for jumping on today. And as I'm sitting here listening to you, and I'm sure others, as they listen to this podcast, they're going to be blown away that 18 and 19 year olds are, are pretty accurate to where the church, where you guys see the church going. Cause as you're talking, I'm going, yep, yep, yep. And I just want to encourage you that, and here's the thing, you know, and I know is that God speaks to all of us. And I'm just encouraged that he's speaking to this Gen Z generation of leaders, the same thing that he's speaking to millennials, the same thing he's speaking to all the generations. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say, stick with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're we're behind you. Mm -hmm. We want to see you succeed. And uh, I'm just so grateful that you took the time. Thanks for being here today. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Can I add one more thing just before we close up this fall podcast? Sure. Um, just before I was here, I had a little bit of a, an image from Jesus for the church, for PAOC, maybe other churches too, I'm not sure. Um, but there was something really cool about this. Um, and you might know there's lots of pastors out there who feel like they're kind of in the dark right now. Um, their church might not be growing, they might be actually be shrinking. Um, there is like not so much success going on. Um, and Jesus showed me that there's a time of darkness and silence almost. Um, but he told me something hopeful. Um, this can encourage a lot of pastors is that he's bringing to light this next season of regeneration and growth. And he's going to bring his light in for whoever pastor who's listening to this right now, just know that Jesus is going to be bringing upon a new season of growth and regeneration. Um, but that was really cool. I was just sitting in my cabin when he told me that. Maybe it was so cool, but man, seriously. <laughs> Good. Well, thanks guys for jumping on today. I appreciate oh, our it. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.